Hey, everybody. I'm Mike Golick. Welcome to another edition of Flying Solo. Though I like it now, I'm not flying solo. Chris is here, Hank's here, and Harry are here, our two pugs. So it is a full basement where this basement has been used a lot for a whole lot of shows. It's crazy. They Every time we come down to this room now, they come down because they got in the habit when you were doing the show down here. They did. The last four months of Golik and Wingo, when it was on TV in my basement here, the dogs came down almost every day. It was like clockwork. They'd come downstairs on the first floor, and then they'd look in the basement, see the lights on, and they'd run down here. So... They understand when a show is going on. They're professional work dogs. and <laughs> they're, they're looking for pay. Yeah, they're going to be paid in food. So Harry's uh, actually scratching at something yeah. right now. So, so you'll, you'll hear them throughout, possibly. If, if they hear a truck outside, they'll start barking. So, you know, you just get used to that. So, all right. So we, we put out some Grill Golic uh, questions out to everybody to, to send some back to us. Sports, non-sports, holiday editions, whatever you wanted. So we always like to start with that. There's plenty of sports to talk about we'll get to, but life's more important at this point. So let's let's talk about life things, whether they're actually serious or hopefully funny. Right. Well, uh, let's start out first of all talking about what game you're doing this weekend. The game I'm doing this weekend will be a noon game on ESPN2. It's Illinois at Northwestern. So Northwestern, as we know, is already in the Big Ten championship game from the West, and they're going to face Ohio State. As I'll get into when we talk about sports, Ohio State didn't have enough games to qualify for the Big Ten championship when the Big Ten started play. Now, all of a sudden, they have enough games because the the old rule they made, they changed for Ohio State to get in. I'll explain later. And uh, by the way, I completely understand what they did, why they did it, and have no problem with it. The rule was dumb in the first place. So we'll get to that in a little bit. So, yeah, Northwestern and Illinois on noon on ESPN2. Looking forward to that. Northwestern's defense has been playing great this year. What trophy are they playing for? The Land of Lincoln trophy. How about that? Now, uh, Northwestern has won the last five in a row, and they have just outscored like 160-something to 60-something. So it's it's been pretty one-sided. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Pat Fitzgerald doing great at Northwestern. Lovey Smith trying to rebuild that program, but uh, but it's been a struggle. And as we tape this, this is Thursday, yeah. so you have your fan exam tonight. I too. have my fan exam as well. That goes, uh, if you listen to this today, it goes Thursday, and then it goes Tuesday and Thursday next week as well. This uh, week is what? What's the topic tonight? The, tonight is going to be uh, awards. Okay. So like, like Heisman's, Heisman. Bednarik Awards, Thorpe Awards, all those kind of things in college sports. So if somebody's savvy with that, where yeah. would they go tonight? To- uh, thefanexam.com is where you can go and sign up for free and you get to win prizes. So it's pretty cool. Next week, we're going to do Tuesday and Thursday, 8 o'clock Eastern. We're adding a show on Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. We're going to do it in the middle of the day, kind so of mixing up. need a break from work. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Bottom line is it's free at the fan doc, uh, fanexam.com, and you can win some prizes. So yeah. pretty cool. It's good. Um, so somebody asked in the grill goal, like, how, is, how strange is it to call a game remotely? It is different. See, the way I like to call a game when I'm in a booth and looking, I go from the outside in. I look from the secondary to the backfield to try and get coverages and then I work my way into where the play is going, which is kind of contradictory to when you're watching a game on TV, the camera follows the ball at the start. Right. I don't do it that way. I go the other way. So it's been a kind of a change because 
I can tell by when I'm watching the beginning of the play on the outside where the ball is going to end up going and work into the ball where TV goes the other way. So it's a little weird. Um, but, you know, I'm just happy to be calling games. I'm happy they're going on. I have way more monitors in front of me because I'm in a studio by myself. It's nice you haven't had to travel. I know it's yeah. fun to go. but it, it, it is fun to go, but listen, none of the headaches that go no travel them. this year. And it, it would be tough anyway because there's no fans. Now, I am going to travel for a couple of bowl games. Uh, the Alamo Bowl, December 29th. I'll be out in San Antonio. And it looks like the Fiesta Bowl, Woo! January 2nd. <laughs> I'll be out, Someone in, made me happy. out in Arizona. So what do you know? Chris is making that trip. Wow. Who'd have thunk that one? <laughs> Looking forward to that yeah. one. So, well, that's good. Um, somebody asked, it's funny, we're going to go away from football a little bit. Yeah, somebody funny. asked uh, something that coincides with what we were doing in our family group text last night. They wanted to know the number one, uh, if your little Debbies were a playoff one through four, who what would be your top four little Debbie? Oh, my top. And we were doing that last night, yeah. ironically. Well, there was a uh, there was somebody put out a one of those where one through nine of little Debbie products and pick three. Yeah. My three were the top was the Swiss rolls. They're always the best. Swiss rolls. Everybody, are the best. I think everybody agreed on that one. Yeah, because all, only reason I say that because oatmeal cream pies weren't in there. Yeah, they were. They were. Oh yeah, Jake picked that. Wait, yeah, I didn't see it, it then. It was number four, I think. Oh, then I screwed mine up. Oh, okay. Oh, it's oatmeal cream pies, number one. All right, Jake had those, yeah. Oh, wow. And then it's um, Swiss uh, cake rolls, rolls, number two. Okay. And what was the one I picked? You picked at? honey bun. Uh, honey bun. So you are leaving out, like, the nutty bar? Leaving out the nutty bar, or yes. Or the zebra cake? The zebra cake I'm leaving out. So those are your top, yeah. top three. Yeah. So if it was four, what not... would, you, would you make your fourth? There was, like, a cupcake-type product yeah, like in there. The, like, it looked like a hostess looked like cupcake, a hostess but cu little that Debbie makes those, too. That so. would be it, yeah. 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 So, I didn't see the oatmeal oh, cream yeah. pie. Oh, oh yeah. that's horrible on my part because that's without question my favorite. Because now they sell them individually, the double. Yeah, the giant. They're oh giant, my right? god, they're unbelievable. <laughs> I think you can get those like a gas station. You can. Like, I've yeah. got them. Yeah. Many days. I stopped alone and thrown the wrapper away, and you know the whole hide the evidence thing. You know the whole thing. How, how about you? Um, I had the Swiss cake roll the zebra cake because I wanted something to be like a white cake instead right, of right. chocolate because I'm not a you're not a big chocolate, chocolate as I am yeah and then uh I picked the cupcake also the yeah that yeah. looked like, the Look like a hostess cupcake, cupcake. Yeah. yeah yeah oh I'm so mad at myself that reminds me of a story that uh when Whatever. Mike was playing football in Philly and I had just had Mikey and I was doing back in the day slim fast was the big like weight loss yeah thing. the big powder drink yeah, shake yeah, mix yeah, yeah. And you would mix it with uh, skim milk. Right. And he came home one day and I was like, can you pick up some skim milk? And he's like, okay, yeah. And he was like somewhat doing it with I, me. It was like, the off season, yeah. so I was kind of doing, doing it, it, you with know. Me, yeah. yeah. So I said, uh, you know, we need it for the Slim Fast Shakes. Well, he came in and he tried to play it cool and hand me the milk, but obviously gave himself away because there was powdered sugar all down the front of his shirt. And I was like, what'd you do? And he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And I'm like, you ate something on the way home from the Wawa, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> the Wawa. And do you remember what it was? I'm, I'm sure it was powdered donuts. It was like the little the little pack of six yeah. little donuts <laughs> that I slammed You had about down. a mile from our house to the Wawa so, to get you know, it. Real mistake 
getting the powdered sugar. Yeah. I should have gone glazed. Yeah. I you hope know. you learned from that. Oh, I did. Cover your tracks better. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. That, that part I have. Now I make sure I throw everything away before I go <laughs> home. There's a lot of little Debbie double decker oatmeal, oatmeal cream pies in garbage cans somewhere. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, I might have just did something like that today. Oh, did you? Maybe. What'd you get? I had to stop and get gas. Yeah. And they were, they were new. I hadn't seen them before. They were like Hershey cupcakes. That's why I got it. By the Hershey company? Yes, by the Hershey company. It looked like a Hershey chocolate bar wrapper. Right. But they were cream-filled cupcakes. And what's the review? Uh, they were really good. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they tasted exactly like I thought they would, but I just felt I needed to try them because they looked good. Would new. you get them again? Yes, I would. Okay. Well, that's Very. Awesome. I don't think you'd like them. Too chocolatey? Very chocolatey, yeah. which is way up my alley. Right. And, yeah, I threw the uh, wrappers away in the post office when I stopped them <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, well, what are you gonna do? Somebody asked, do you prefer Cool Whip or Ready Whip? I like Cool Whip out of the uh, the, the, the tub. tub. Yeah. I, I think it depends on what you're having. Not me. Anything. anything. Even in hot chocolate, I'll spoon really? out the Cool Whip. I like Ready Whip and, in hot chocolate. No, for sure. I will dollop out the Cool Whip. Really? Yes. There were there are times, the, the best part for me, especially with if I'm using pumpkin pie or whatever pie, is when there's maybe a quarter of the tub left uh-huh. and just a piece of pie or two left. And I just dump the piece of pie into the tub of Cool Whip. And mix it all And together. mix it all up. Oh, my God. I, I got to admit, I wouldn't mind that. It either. is yeah. the <laughs> best. Uh, but, yeah, I'm way Cool Whip over. I mean, I'll do Ready Whip. I mean, who hasn't shot some Ready Whip right in your mouth because right. it's ready. Right. Um, but, yeah, I'll go. Because it's ready. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go the tub of Cool Whip. Yeah, you don't need a spoon or anything. Well, you probably don't need a spoon for Cool Whip either. Truth. No, my fingers have really dug out quite a mountain of Cool Whip at times. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Somebody asked, "Do we have any suggestions for raising a teenage daughter?" Uh, yeah, give them away. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm going to be serious about this. Uh, I've been a proponent of this. Get them involved in something when they're young girls and. Sydney, it was swimming, and it worked out perfectly for her because she was exhausted all the time. She never got in any trouble because she was just too tired to do anything. Yeah. And uh, but in all seriousness, I think it's like really good for girls and their confidence and their self-esteem to be involved in something and see themselves through like their sport or if they're in theater. Uh, it gives them like they look inward for who they are rather than like outward for affirmation. The one, the one thing and two that I, I would say, and this would go for all kids, but if we're speaking about a daughter as well, is is the one thing we did and, and trying to like hide social media from them or not let them go on it. I get it to a certain age, but at some point they're gonna th- they're gonna see it, right? And if they don't see it under your guidance, they're gonna see it somewhere, somewhere else. else, right? One of the one of the best examples I can give is those people that don't let their kids eat any sweets. I mean, there are no sweets in the house. Well, these kids would come over our house to play. And as is known, we have sweets in the house and the kids, the, the kids that don't get in their house, just shovel it. They just stood in our pantry sometimes. Just and stood yeah. there and <laughs> ate everything to where if we had it in the house and we could dole it out, our kids wouldn't just eat it all. They would have a little bit and then that I would be you it. you learn moderation. You learn moderation. So, you know, with the social media, that's not going anywhere. So to sit there and say you can't have it, 
I almost think it's better to just monitor it because they're going somewhere else to get it. Right. They're, they're going to get the information. They're going to have it somewhere else. So, but it's super important to like follow your kids. Well, like it that. is, you know, and, and because be right, you just don't yeah. know who's getting invited you to your house. You know, just that. be right there with them yeah. uh, all the time. We were fortunate enough. We tried to make our house, the house where kids brought friends. So we could meet the friends and all that. And, uh, and I know that that can be tough uh, as well. Right. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I agree with, with Chris. Yeah, boy or girl, but really a girl too, because it's so different. It seems to be so different with girls in the social aspect of things. Well, and I mean, they're if judged on how they look. Everything. And like, everything is So you know what? Quite girls. honestly, if they're doing sports and they're tired, then they don't give a shit. They don't. You know, they And don't. they learn their, that they're valuable in other ways than yeah. like how society is perceiving yeah. them. And, and they will say, we don't, I don't care what you think right. about me. Um, yeah, and that still carries forward with Sydney. It, she it still doesn't, does not care what people think about her. And she's, she's always been active, very, right. very active. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think that's a great recommendation. It's just great for people anyway, to, to be out and doing something. I don't care if it's, you know, a sport, a club, whatever, yeah. but just a club be gives out. you a smaller group of people yeah. to associate with, yeah, like exactly. to be your own pack. And exactly. I think that's yeah. so important. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's see what else does somebody asked us? Uh, do you think ND can win a playoff game, let alone the title? I think this year that they can. Um, I think one of the reasons is, and I thought why they had a good chance in 2012 at the championship was because of their defense. I think the defense is really, really good this year. Uh, they're fast. Do you think their defense is better than the 2012 I don't, defense? I, I don't know if I think they're – certainly by statistics, they're not. Okay. That Notre Dame defense was the number one defense. You had couple, two or three guys on the D-line going to the pros. You had backers going to the pros. You had DBs going to the pros. Right. You're going to have that with this group as well. This group, what I will say, they're faster. Okay. And, and that's that what you need. That made a difference. That made a big difference. You've got to be able to keep up speed-wise with these offenses, with the top offenses, the right. Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Ohio States. And I think their defense can do that now. Right. So I, I do think they can do – and their offense is good enough like the offense in 2012 when, when Mike and Jake were on the team, they ran the ball really well. They didn't throw oh, it great. They didn't. So once you start, a little more balanced. Yeah, so think. once you started getting behind, it was going to be tougher to come back. Right. Where this team, I think, can score quickly. Ian Book finds a way to get it done. Right. You have a tall, some tall receivers out there, even though they lost basically all their receivers from last year. Uh, excellent tight ends, a good running game. So I think they – I. I let me put it this way. The last time they were in a playoffs, what, they got smoked by right. Clemson, like 30-3? Yeah. to three. It'll be way more competitive this time, and I do think they have a shot, yes. Okay, good. Well, that'll be fun to watch. Let's hope. Three toughest linemen you played against? Um, Dwight Stevenson, who was the center for the Miami Dolphins, one of the greatest technically sound leverage players I ever played against. Uh, Anthony Munoz. Uh, one of the greatest tackles to ever play, played for Cincinnati. I didn't go against him much. At times I did, and which was fine by me because I couldn't get past him. And one of the toughest guys was Steve Wisniewski from the Raiders. For some reason, he and I always got in fights. Okay. <laughs> uh, we always kind of had that attitude about, about one another. Um, but he was a very tough player. He, he, he was the Hall of Famer like Dwight Stevenson was and Munoz was, but he was an extremely, extremely tough player. Those are three good ones. Yeah, yeah. They were uh, – Dwight Stevenson was – boy, he was – wow. We got some Christmas questions, but I think I'm going to save those for – Oh, you are? A little bit closer to Christmas. 
um, we, we have a week in All right, I just so saw I, a couple of, I'm, yeah, yeah. I, mm -hmm. thought, I thought we should save them. Somebody asked about a zombie apocalypse, which is a big discussion always with our kids. With our kids, it's unbelievable. In college, they sat around and planned where they would go and what they would do during a zombie apocalypse. The person wanted to know what your weapon of choice would be. See, now what I understand is, see, I'm not as in knowing of the zombie thing. Does it have to be, if you have a gun, does it have to be a headshot to kill them? I have no idea. The only problem with a gun is you're going to run out of ammo. Right. Unless you have all kinds of ammunition. Right. So I would probably want to go with a, with a, some sort of sword machete type product. Uh-huh. Uh, that could repeatedly be used, a long spear. I'd be worried about my accuracy with like a spear. Well, I wouldn't, I, I would, I wouldn't throw the spear. I would right. hold the spear, but okay. it's longer so you can keep them away yeah, from you away, a little yeah. more. But I don't know. I'd have to get up on my zombie apocalypse on what, what kills them. Is it just headshots or do you have to cut a head off or what? Right. Um, yeah, but. Normally, I would take a gun, but right. the problem is you're going to run out of bullets right. and you got to reload. Unless you have, unless you're giving me unlimited ammo, then, then that's, then the, way that's the way to sure. go. But you're not going to have unlimited ammo. Wasn't it Michigan State who was offering a course in the zombie apocalypse? Somebody was. Yeah, I our mean, kids were quite. They were in college then, and I remember they were really jealous that that was a class. Unbelievable! Then. What our kids would plan for zombie apocalypse. I mean, them and all their friends, like they were all stunning. into like planning. Just stunning. And, to this day, I think they all have a plan. Like, oh, I think they, they still have a plan. Yeah. Yeah. So Somehow, somewhere, some way, our kids all have weapons hidden somewhere. I'm going to ask somewhere. them and report back to the next one about yeah. what their weapons of choice, because off the top of my head, you want to say gun. You would definitely sure say gun. i thought this through a yeah. million times. And yeah. quite honestly, it would probably be a shotgun, because I'd rather have the spray. Right. But again, a shotgun holds less than, you know, a clip right. of, a, of a regular gun. Right. So again, you have the constant reloading, so... I don't know how that would fare. Right. I'm not sure either. That's a great question. It, it is. You got um, anything else? Well, I'll just, this is kind of, um, most people don't know Michael Stanley. He's a band in Chicago. Michael Stanley band of Cleveland. Cleveland. Uh, we were, it was our concert that we got engaged at. Right. But he, they wanted to know what your best or favorite Michael Stanley song Probably is. Probably Lover. Yeah. Oh, Lover. <laughs> um, there's a few. From that, I'd have I mean, to... his big hit was "He Can't Love You." That, oh that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's the song most people would know. He can't love you like I love you. But if you had to pick one, what would it be? Um, wow. Are you looking them up right now? I, I'm kind of looking up the. I don't know why I can't find them right now, and all of a sudden, I'm having trouble finding my. Uh, oh, there we go. Uh, I'll find it. Give me a one second here, because okay, I have all all my top ones in my like my playlist. Um, so what do I have here? I have Lover, He Can't Love You, All I Ever Wanted, All I Ever Wanted, All You Got to Do. So pick one. Um, Why well, Should Love Be This Way? Um, I would probably say He Can't Love You. Okay. I still would go with Lover. I'm, I'm torn. I'm torn with those two. Yeah. Good songs, though. Yeah. If you're interested, check them out on your yeah. wherever you get your music. Yeah, he was huge in Cleveland where I grew up. Me and, me and my brothers used to go to his concerts all the time. I went to time. a couple of concerts in college. Right, yeah. It was like they played at Valparaiso, I think, when we were at, right. at Notre Dame and St. Mary's. And we got engaged. He was opening up for, for Jack, Jack Wagner, Wagner at Chicago. the Horizon? Yeah, at was the it? Rosemont. The yeah. Rosemont. Yeah, Rosemont yeah. Horizon. And we got yeah. engaged in the car before we went in in one of the worst engagement stories of all time, which we'll all time. maybe talk yeah. about in yeah. Well, okay, easy.
right? <laughs> we married 33 years, so it's worked well, out okay, right? You went down okay? hill when you got the ring and you called me and said, I got the ring. Well, you want I mean, to know what it looks you like. You basically picked out the ring. I did not pick out. I had nothing to do with it. And the I ring. did a great job with it. Yeah, but I had nothing to do with the ring. Right, so. Whatever. Whatever. All right, I'm going to leave you to talk Start about uh, sports. A lot of things to talk about here. We'll see if Hank and Harry stay or not. They'll probably stay with me. Good boys. Stay. Stay by your master. They're both gone. They both left. They both left. Just awful. All right, let's move on to some uh, some some things going on quickly in the NBA. It's so wild to me that we, we, we just saw the bubble end in, like, the NBA and the NHL, and they're starting back up, the NBA and training camps and such, and – the big news out there now, we, we talked about it some last time around with LeBron signing and Anthony Davis uh, signing, you know, staying with uh, the Lakers and such. And what was going on with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, said he's worried more now about just the season than about his contract, if he's going to stay in Milwaukee or not. And then the trade, you know, that sent uh, Russell Westbrook to Washington and Bradley Beal, or John Wall, I should say, to Houston. Uh, and now, now what's going to happen with James Harden? Remember, he turned down that, what, $102 million offer for two years from Houston. So he turned down a little over $50 million a year. But he's made a ton of money. So that, that really is, is inconsequential. And wherever he goes, he's going to make money anyway. So, you know, it's not like that, that part is over. Um, and then as far as uh, what he wants – He's talking about a trade. He hasn't reported to, to camp. Now he has to get like six as of the, the, the broadcasting or the, the taping of this. He had to get like six negative tests before he could go to camp. But he said he wants to be traded either to the Bucks, the Heat, the 76ers or the Nets. And to me, uh, the most one of the most intriguing to me is going to be the Nets because the Nets anyway were intriguing to me because Already, we haven't had Kyrie and Kevin Durant play together yet because Durant missed all last year. Kyrie was hurt some of it. So just what they're going to do in the East. And then if you were to add Harden to that, what they would do. And, and staying in the East, add Harden to the two stars they have with the 76ers. And remember, uh, the, the former GM in Houston is now with the 76ers. And then obviously the Heat were the team in the finals. Imagine adding Harden to that and what it would do with the East. But the East, all of a sudden, if Harden ends up in the East, how much stronger that makes the East as well. So we'll keep an eye on that as it's so wild that it's all still going on right now on the NBA that has started up again. Uh, back in football and college football, so the big news now is, you know, we still had the cancellations and, and the postponements. And the big one this week was uh, would Ohio State get to play Michigan uh, for their sixth game? Because let's go back in time again for those that may not remember – the Big Ten, once they decided to play again, said you need a minimum of six games to qualify for the Big Ten championship. Why they made that rule, I have no idea. Because they had no room for error, no cushion at all. Games were not postponed. They were canceled. You, they could not be made up. So they basically dug half a grave for themselves when they did that. Can't understand why they did it, yet they did it. So, of course, the one team – you know, you had Northwestern for a while. They were undefeated. Then they lost to Michigan State. So they're, they're, they're not, uh, you know, they're going to get to play in the Big Ten Championship now against Ohio State. I, I would certainly lean toward Ohio, toward Ohio State in that. But shocking nobody this week, once the Michigan-Ohio State game was, again, canceled, Ohio State only has five games. 
So they didn't meet the Big Ten's own rule of a six-game minimum to make the Big Ten championship. But, I mean, it was as clear as day that they were going to change that rule because, realistically, there is one team at this point that has a chance to be in the playoffs, and that's Ohio State. So if you want to give them a better chance to be in the playoffs, give them another game, let them be in the Big Ten championship, let them win that, and then they'll be in the playoffs because they're sitting at number four in the last ranking. The committee has thought enough of them that from the initial rankings, they have been in the top four. So even playing way less games than everybody else, the committee, you can say good, bad, however you want to look at it, has given them the seal of approval on eye test that even though they haven't played nearly as many games as anybody else, we think they're one of the best teams in the country. So, the job of Ohio State and then the Big Ten is to keep them in that position. And one way to do it is to give the committee six games for them to look at against 10 or so from the other conferences to make Ohio State look viable for the playoffs. So not shocking to anybody, the Big Ten presidents and or ADs all had a meeting and they approved that you didn't have to have a six-game minimum. And I will say this straight out, I have no problem with it. Because it was a dumb rule to begin with. They put themselves in a horrible spot to begin with. So I have no problem them changing it. They want a team in their conference, and right now we're talking about Ohio State, to have the best chance to be in a college football playoffs. They make out from prestige-wise to the all-important money-wise, they make out because of that. So they would be foolish not to try and put one of their teams in the best position to make the playoffs. So All they did, in my opinion, was correct a dumb thing that they did in the first place by putting that six-game minimum in there. So Ohio State, with five games, is already in the Big Ten Championship. They'll play Northwestern, who plays Illinois. That's the game I have on Saturday. And I I just I completely believe Ohio State will win that game. They'll be 6-0, and they will be one of the teams in the Final Four. Here is my prediction. You can get it right now for for the couple scenarios of how I think the final four is going to go. So one of one of two ways, I believe. I believe Florida and, and Bama will be playing in the SEC title game. And I think uh, Alabama will win that. That will give Florida their second loss. And I believe it would knock them out. Because right now, really quickly, let me backtrack, and I'm sorry about that. Right now, your rankings are Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, that's the top four. Texas A&M, Florida, that's six. Those are all either undefeated or one-loss teams. Ohio State is sitting in the seventh slot. I don't think they have a chance to get in. So Alabama and Florida are going to play for the SEC championship. I believe Alabama is going to win that game. So that would give Florida two losses. They're out. I believe Ohio State is going to beat Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game. So I think Northwestern will be in. Now, Notre Dame and Clemson. If Notre Dame beats Clemson, Clemson will have two losses, and I believe Clemson will be out, and Texas A&M would slide into the Final Four, even though I know Texas A&M has the one loss, which was to Alabama. But I think they would slide in with Clemson's second loss, and it would be Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Texas A&M. The other way with this, same scenario, I think Alabama beats Florida, Ohio State beats Northwestern. Now, Clemson beats Notre Dame, but it's a competitive game. If that happens, I do believe 
that both those teams would be in the playoffs. I think Texas A&M would be on the outside looking in uh, because that would be Notre Dame and Clemson's 11th game between them. Uh, and then they would both have the one loss. They would have beaten each other. If Clemson, uh, the only way I see Notre Dame getting knocked out is if Clemson really drubs them like they did a few years ago when they beat them 30 to three. I think a loss like that for Notre Dame would knock them out. And again, then Texas A&M would slide in with Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State and Texas A&M. But if you if my prediction is going to be Notre Dame and, and Clemson probably would be in if Notre Dame loses a good game along with Alabama and Ohio State. If Notre Dame wins a game, Clemson is out. Then it would be Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Texas A&M. So those are the, the five teams, I think, up for the four slots in those two different scenarios is how I think it's going to play out with the real key there being Notre Dame and Clemson. Now, I know Florida fans, if you're listening, you're probably yelling at me saying we have a chance to beat Bama. And, and, and maybe you do. That, that gives me more scenarios then, kind of the same with uh, Clemson and Notre Dame. If Florida beat Alabama in a very close game, Florida and Alabama would probably be in the final four. Uh, so still some different ways to go, but that's how I think uh, it's going to play out. I do think Alabama beats Florida. I do think Ohio State beats Northwestern. The wild card to me is Notre Dame and Clemson and then how that game actually goes. So going to get really interesting in, in the next couple of weeks, no doubt about that. On the NFL, we know we cont- we're continuing on, obviously, with the COVID latest is the Bears had a positive test, so they have shut down their facility. Uh, we know what happened last week with Baltimore and, and Pittsburgh getting pushed the way they did and then affecting their next week's schedule. Baltimore or Pittsburgh, you know, finally got their first loss of the season. By the way, it's very, very hard uh, to go undefeated in the NFL without question. Uh, so they got their, their first loss of the season, as everybody saw last week. Certainly a bit surprising uh, I would say uh, to a lot of people that that they end up losing that game, uh, the Washington football team beating them. And, and and again, kudos to Alex Smith and what he's doing in Washington. I mean, absolutely incredible uh, that he's out there and starting. And just here we are. He is the starting quarterback again in the NFL. I think it is so cool. Uh, but, you know, uh, as far as on the field things going on, the big news now, there were two big things that, and two other big stories in the NFL, uh, one taking place in Philadelphia where Carson Wentz has been benched for Jalen Hurts. Now, you saw Jalen Hurts take over for Carson in the last game that they lost, and Doug Peterson came out and said he's going to start Jalen Hurts. They're playing against New Orleans. They're certainly going to be heavy other underdogs. They are playing at home as Philly, but the defense is pretty good for New Orleans, so it'll be a tough first start for Jalen Hurts. But what Doug Peterson said is, he said, hey, I'm kind of looking for a spark, something to to rev this team up a little bit. And I thought it very commendable and very true what the center Jason Kelsey said about it. He said, listen, one guy is paying basic for everybody's sins. Said, when you're playing this bad, it's not just the quarterback. Jason said, it's the O-line. It's the wide receivers. It's the running backs. It's the coaches. It's everybody when you're playing this bad. But the quarterback position is the position that gets the most scrutiny, both good and bad at times. And you'll, you'll see a change being made. At, and that's what's happening here. We'll see if they get that spark. Something that kind of irks me, though, is when I hear people saying, I'm not saying this, that Carson feels this way. But I get tired of hearing people say, oh, 
well, they, they, they put Carson in a bad spot when they drafted Jalen Hurts where they did. You know, that, that's going to take a hit on your quarterback mentally. I'm so tired of that narrative. If you aren't mentally strong enough to say, I'm going to go out and play my best no matter where they, where they drafted somebody, I, I don't know what I can tell you. I don't know if I want you as my quarterback. You know, you've seen other quarterbacks who have gone out when another quarterback has been picked number one. They know they're playing and going to lose their job at some point. I'm not saying this is the case with Carson Wentz, but you see these other quarterbacks go out and play. So, And, and I'll continue to say, I'm not saying Carson Wentz feels this way, that it got to him mentally where they drafted Jalen Hurts. I'm saying I'm tired of hearing other people, whether the analysts or whoever, say, oh, that was a mistake. The Philadelphia Eagles, they did that to Carson Wentz. Give me a break. Philly saw how important it was to have a really good backup when they had Nick Foles to come in and help win a Super Bowl, didn't they? They feel Jalen Hurts is a really good quarterback. We'll see. He's just a rookie, so we have to give him time. But I, I am so tired of that narrative. I don't buy that narrative. And like I said, if a quarterback truly is affected by that, I probably don't want him to be my quarterback anyway. And, and I'll, as I said, I'm not saying Carson Wentz feels that way. I'm saying those who are saying that, I got no time for you. I, I think that's a, a lame-ass excuse is what I think that is. And the other situation <clears throat> that, that was going on in the NFL is what went on with the Jets and the Raiders. It looked like the Jets were going to get their first win of the season. I know to the to the dismay of actual Jet fans who want the number one pick in the draft. So then you can take Trevor Lawrence. If you'd have won that game, both the Jets and Jacksonville would have each had one win. So uh, they lost it on the last play of the game. Greg Williams, the D coordinator for the Jets, called a a, a zero you know a zero blitz. For those that don't know, nobody back in coverage basically when when. The Raiders had to go deep and go to the end zone. He basically called a zero blitz where they were blitzing. Everybody had man on the outside, and you had an extra blitzer coming up the middle. And the Raiders threw for a touchdown because the young cornerback on the outside bit on the out route, and it was an out and up and a little stutter step, and he was gone. So there's player. There's a couple ways to look at this. There's player error. Uh, Every defense is called. You have a job to do. Okay, and in this particular call, and I'll admit it's a it's a bad call for the situation, but still, somebody even even tweeted me, "What if you were a captain or a main player on the defense? What would you have done if that play if that defense was called? I'd have played the damn defense. That's what he called. I'd have played it, and then you do your job. You know, as a corner, even though it's a young corner, you know the only thing that can beat you is a deep route. You got sucked in on the fake, and as the the extra blitzer who had the tight end in man coverage." Once the tight end blocks, you now have to rush. That guy could have rushed a little quicker. So that's from the player side of it, because there is that side of it. And then the coach side of it. Do I like the call? No. Is Greg Williams an aggressive blitzing, attacking coordinator? Without question. That is his style. Doesn't mean you needed to call it here, but he did. So then you get into the whole thing. Everybody tweeting after that one. He's tanking the game on purpose. And my thought is, and I said, why? Why in the hell would he tank the game on purpose? He's not going to be there next year. We already know it wasn't the other next week. He got fired already. That whole coaching staff is going to be gone. There is no incentive for them to say, let's keep losing so we get the number one pick. You're not going to be coaching this team to coach that number one pick. So there is zero incentive to throw the game. And anybody saying, well, Greg Williams wanted out of there 
this pack past week, you wanted to be fired right away. Just stop. I mean, how do you think that plays to other other teams that maybe potentially would hire Greg Williams? Oh, hey, you were out there calling a, a shitty defense so your team would lose because you wanted out of there? No, not at all. I mean, can we stop it with that? I mean, the conspiracy conspiracy theorists out there, it blows my mind. He's an aggressive play caller. He called an aggressive defensive there that potentially could have had quicker pressure on the quarterback, and it didn't work. But to think there was any ill will behind it for a staff that's not going to be there at all next year, to think somebody even said maybe Greg Williams had a a secret thing with the owner that he would be the head coach next year. People, stop. That is just crazy talk. Unless the new coach that comes in wants to keep one of the assistants that's there, there will be nobody on this coaching staff that is around next year. Just, you know, chalk this up to an aggressive coordinator who tried something out of the box there. It didn't work. Imagine if it did work. Imagine if he blitz, if that blitzer blitzed a little quicker or the cornerback didn't bite on that and the play didn't work. Would, would we be talking any different? We might be saying, boy, that was a risky call, but hey, it worked. Look at that. The bottom line is it worked, but it didn't. So it's going to get criticized. And, and I'll be there to criticize it too. I didn't like the call. I don't, I don't like a call in that situation. But to think there was anything nefarious because in that call, that's where I just chuckle and say, no, I do not buy that one bit. All right, everybody, enjoy the games or whatever you're going to watch this weekend. Uh, Enjoy your families. Be safe. Be healthy. I know outside of sports, we all know what's going on in the world, that we may have this vaccine that's starting up. And, you know, let's hope it is effective. And let's hope, you know, down the road sooner rather than later, we can get back to whatever our new normal is going to be. Hopefully is you know, pretty close to normal of what we had before. Time will tell. We will see on how that happens. Until then, you know, enjoy yourself, man. Make yourself, your family smile, your friends smile. As I said, man, do your thing. Holiday season's coming up. I know it could be tough to enjoy this year. Enjoy it as best you can. You know, do what you have to do uh, for your family uh, to keep everybody safe safe and healthy. Uh, until next time, I will talk to you all. Have a, have a great week.